Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Monday, March 4th. Happy Holy Experiment Day, which is a day to try something religious. If you're listening to me right now, you nailed it. I mean, we're not actually supposed to be religious. We're supposed to be faithful. Religious is what the world calls us. They use it connotatively and we use it denotatively. Whatever, you know what I'm saying. And I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but Wednesday is Stop Bad Service Day which is all about restaurant waitstaff doing a better job. And remember how I said I like to overtip at the restaurant? Well, I do. Know why? Because most people are hateful to the waitstaff. And you know why most of them dread the Sunday lunch crowd? Because us overfed church-going types are usually the meanest of the bunch. We talk down to them, run them ragged, complain about every little thing, and then got the nerve to leave Bible tracks instead of tips. I mean, I know y'all don't do none of that, but I bet you got a buddy that does. But Bible y'all Paul, your buddy might say, I have the right to complain if I don't get my way. I mean, good service. To which I answer, I don't care. What if we told our buddy to do this? Instead of celebrating bad service day by ratting out your waitress to the manager cause the sour cream wasn't on the side? What if instead we celebrated Holy Experiment Day by trying to be a blessing to a struggling young girl who's just trying to make her power bill whether she deserves it or not. Even if, especially if, we don't like being a blessing. Sort of like how Jesus did. Whoa. Remember when I said if you can't make the world better, at least stop making it worse? Well, here's a day to try that out. And if you keep at it all the other days too, you'll be amazed at what happens. Our reading for today is Numbers 2, 1 through 351, Mark 11, 27 through 12, 17, Psalm 47, 1 through 9, and Proverbs 10, 24 and 25. So if y'all are ready, and listen, ladies, how you treat people who can't do nothing about it is a true measure of character. So if y'all on a date, pay attention to how your fella acts toward the waitstaff. And if you see that kind of thing, we gonna call that a red flag. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 3rd in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 27.14 through Numbers 1.54. We finished Leviticus and started Numbers. And when we left off in Leviticus, the Lord was given rules about how to redeem people and animals from a vow. Well, the same goes for property. When a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto the Lord, then the priest shall estimate it. Whether it be good or bad, as the priest shall estimate it, so shall it stand. And if the dude redeems it, it's that price, whatever the priest sets, plus 20%. And fields are the same way. The estimation shall be according to the seed thereof. An omer of barley seed shall be valued at 50 shekels of silver. And Wikipedia says one omer is equal to 10 baths, or what was also equivalent to 30 ci's, each ci being the equivalent in volume to 6 cabs, and each cab equivalent in volume to 24 medium-sized eggs. So one omer equals 220 liters or 220 decimeters cubed. So does that clear that up? Absolutely. <laughs> it's just over 58 gallons. So picture a 55-gallon drum and you just about got it. And a shekel is a half ounce, which is $26.04 an ounce right now. So about 650 bucks. But keep in mind that 650 bucks went exponentially farther back then than it does now. So it's actually a lot more than that. 
But depending on when the guy sanctifies his land, it's either the full price or a prorated amount based on the time till the Jubilee, plus 20. And then the firstborn of your livestock, the ones that are to be dedicated to the Lord anyway, you can't redeem those. Unless it's an unclean beast, then it's the price plus 20. And then it talks about tithes. And verse 31 says something interesting. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And the New Living Translation says, if you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain or fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. And I don't know why you'd want to. Seems like you could get it cheaper from a wholesaler, but whatever. Now why you'd want to buy back your own tithe. But anyway, verse 32 says, And concerning the tithe of the herd, or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. And the commentaries say that according to rabbinical tradition, the animals to be tithed were enclosed in a pen. And as they went out one by one at the opening, every tenth animal was touched with a rod dipped in vermilion, which is like red paint. So they mark them in red, in other words. That's all that really means. But that was about it for the book of Leviticus. And then we started the book of Numbers. And the English name of the book, Numbers, comes from the Septuagint. And the Septuagint calls it that because it's in this book where they take a census. They number everybody. The Hebrew title of the book is Bemidbar, which means in the desert, because Numbers presents an account of the 38-year period of Israel's wandering in the desert, which is a whole nother story, and we'll get to it. And Moses wrote this book somewhere between 1440 and 1400 BC, but there may be some parts that were written by others, but it's not really critical to anything. And it starts out with the Jews camped out somewhere around Mount Sinai on the first day of the second month in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt. So two years they've been in the desert already, and that'll be important later. And God commanded Moses to take a census of every male 20 years old and up that are able to go to war. Him and Aaron plus one helper prince type guy from each tribe. So they did. And chapter one gives the total for each tribe. And this also will be important later. Except for the Levites. They weren't supposed to be counted because they're the priestly class and in charge of the tabernacle. And it doesn't say it here, but the Levites were left out because they weren't supposed to go to war, which is what this is all about. Because they're about to go to war mm-hmm. is the big takeaway from this. And they're going to want the priests in the tabernacle receiving instruction from the Lord from out of that cloud of smoke that sits on the mercy seat. Don't forget, they were still fellowshipping directly with God whenever the tabernacle was parked and set up. But that's where we stopped. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 11, 1 through 26. And we're starting to pick up the pace now. When they got near Jerusalem, just outside of it actually, in Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and said, Go over to this village next door to us, and soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, and bring him here. And if anybody says anything to you, say, The Lord hath need of him, and they'll leave you alone. So they did. Happened just like he said it would. And they spread their garments on the donkey, and Jesus rode it into Jerusalem. That multitude that was always following him spread their garments and palm fronds and stuff on the ground ahead of him, and cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna is the Greek transliteration of the Hebrew word Hoshiana, which means pray, save us. So what's happening is, all them times Jesus said, my time has not yet come, well now it's come. He's presenting himself as the Messiah the King, and the multitude is treating him like the Messiah the King, spreading their clothes out for him to walk on and asking for salvation and such. 
And the next morning, Jesus spots a fig tree. And he figures he's going to get some figs to eat, but there ain't none. So he cursed it. And hold that thought. Because next he heads to the temple in Jerusalem. And sitting there were what's called money changers. Basically, these are the guys that changed heathen money into Jewish money for payment into the temple treasury. And they made a profit doing it, which is usury, which is illegal in Jewish law. And my understanding is they also sold doves for sacrifice to those who were too poor to have their own at a big markup. And Jesus was not amused. And he chased every last one of them out of his temple because he's the Messiah and he's here to take possession of it. And John says he beat them all with a length of rope, calling them thieves and wouldn't even let them take their stuff. And likewise, the scribes and chief priests were also not amused and sought how they might destroy him, which they had to be careful because everybody loved him and they were afraid to do anything. And remember that fig tree? Well, that evening they passed by it again. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Barnes says, to curse means to devote to destruction. And that's its meaning here. It doesn't imply any kind of blame, just that it should be destroyed. And the fig tree usually symbolizes Israel. And given the fact that he just kicked in the front door of their house and ran them all out and took over as Messiah, what he's saying by cursing the fig tree is if Israel's not going to bear fruit, then we're getting rid of them. And that's not to imply that the church replaces Israel in all her covenants and blessings and such. That's not right. The stuff God promised Israel is still going to happen. He's not done with her yet. She's just in a holding pattern while we're in the church age. What God was trying to do with the Jews, he's now trying to do with the church. And one day the church is getting pulled out and Israel kicks back in. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. And Jesus turns this into a teachable moment about faith. Basically, if you think that thing with the fig tree was something, just have some faith in God, and verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And notice there's two things here. Number one, you gotta have faith, and B, you gotta not have doubt, which is hard. And then he adds another caveat, forgiveness. Because if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. And it doesn't say it here, but I'll add one more. God's will. Just because you ask for it doesn't mean you'll get it if it's against God's will. God is not a genie that grants wishes if you just say the right words. The bigger picture he's trying to convey here is if you have that much faith and that little doubt, then you've probably been making an effort to walk with God and learn his will and are less likely to pray outside of it and more likely to recognize it if you do. But verse 26 is where we stopped. And we're to be ready in season or out to give an answer for the hope that's in us. If we don't bear fruit, we're cut loose too. The one talent guy had his talent taken and given to the most fruitful of the three servants. Jesus wants us to walk in authority like he did on the earth as the son of man. He didn't waste a word because he only said and did what the Father wanted. I mean, it's real-time faith, not religious faith, but actual confidence in the power of God for the purpose of revealing him or giving him glory in the earth. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 46, 1 through 11. And this one has been called Luther's Psalm because he liked to sing it or pray it really when things weren't going so good for him, which was usually. Mm-hmm. And it's a song upon Alamoth, which means it was written for female singers, as opposed to Shemineth, which means set for bass voices. 
And it starts out, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear no matter what happens? And it lists a couple things that might happen. (laughs) And verse four is famous. It says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. And that river represents the Holy Spirit and the city of God is Jerusalem. And then he goes on to praise God for his power and the things he's done. And verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Basically, I'm God and you're not. I've got this and you don't. Amen. And verse 10 in the New American Standard Version says it this way. Cease or let go and know that I'm God. Because God is telling us that he will be exalted. So take refuge in him, knowing or resting in his power alone. And just this morning in prayer, I was reminded that we're to be thankful in all things. And especially for those things that we can't or I can't. You could just fill in the blank what it is. And I'll be meditating on this for a while until my heart's changed. We are powerless when we slip out from under God's authority. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 10.23, which says, It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. In other words, wise people don't act the fool and get into trouble and hurt people. Smart people might, wise people don't. There's a difference. We get a clue that those that enjoy mischief are foolish. Mischief is defined in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary as harm, hurt, injury, damage, evil, and whether it's intended or not. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for March 4th is Numbers 2-1 through 351. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon the son of Amminadab shall be captain of the children of Judah. And his host, and those that were numbered of them, were threescore and fourteen thousand and six hundred. And those that do pitch next unto him shall be the tribe of Issachar. And Nathaniel the son of Zuar shall be captain of the children of Issachar. And his host, and those that were numbered thereof, were fifty and four thousand and four hundred. Then the tribe of Zebulun. And Eliab the son of Helon shall be captain of the children of Zebulun. And his host, and those that were numbered thereof, were fifty and seven thousand and four hundred. All that were numbered in the camp of Judah were an hundred thousand and fourscore thousand and six thousand and four hundred throughout their armies. These shall first set forth. On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben, according to their armies. And the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Eleazar, the son of Shedur. And his host, and those that were numbered thereof, were forty and six thousand and five hundred. And those which pitch by him shall be the tribe of Simeon. And the captain of the children of Simeon shall be Shalumiel, the son of Zerishadai. And his host and those that were numbered of them were fifty and nine thousand and three hundred. Then the tribe of Gad. And the captain of the sons of Gad shall be Eliasaph, the son of Reuel. And his host and those that were numbered of them were forty and five thousand and six hundred and fifty. All that were numbered in the camp of Reuben were an hundred thousand and fifty and one thousand and four hundred and fifty throughout their armies, and they shall set forth in the second rank. 
Then the tabernacle of the congregation shall be set forward with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp. As they encamp, so shall they set forward, every man in his place by their standards. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim, according to their armies. And the captain of the sons of Ephraim shall be Elishama, the son of Amahud. And his host, and those that were numbered of them, were forty thousand and five hundred. And by him shall be the tribe of Manasseh. And the captain of the children of Manasseh shall be Gamaliel, the son of Petazur. And his host, and those that were numbered of them, were thirty and two thousand and two hundred. Then the tribe of Benjamin. And the captain of the sons of Benjamin shall be Abidan, the son of Gideoni. And his host, and those that were numbered of them, were thirty and five thousand and four hundred. All that were numbered of the camp of Ephraim were an hundred thousand and eight thousand and an hundred throughout their armies, and they shall go forward in the third rank. The standard of the camp of Dan shall be on the north side by their armies, and the captain of the children of Dan shall be Ahazer, the son of Amishadai. And his host and those that were numbered of them were threescore and two thousand and seven hundred. And those that encamp by him shall be the tribe of Asher. And the captain of the children of Asher shall be Pagiel, the son of Akron. And his host and those that were numbered of them were forty and one thousand and five hundred. Then the tribe of Naphtali. And the captain of the children of Naphtali shall be Ahira, the son of Enan. And his host and those that were numbered of them were fifty and three thousand and four hundred. All they that were numbered in the camp of Dan were an hundred thousand and fifty and seven thousand and six hundred. They shall go hindmost with their standards. These are those which were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers. All those that were numbered of the camps throughout their hosts were six hundred thousand and three thousand and five hundred and fifty. But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they pitched by their standards, and so they set forward every one after their families according to the house of their fathers. Chapter 3 These also are the generations of Aaron and Moses in the day that the Lord spake with Moses in Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the priests which were anointed, whom he consecrated to minister in the priest's office. And Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. And Eleazar and Ithamar ministered in the priest's office in the sight of Aaron their father. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. And they shall keep his charge, and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation, to do the service of the tabernacle. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the charge of the children of Israel, to do the service of the tabernacle. And thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons, they are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on their priest's office. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, And I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel, instead of all the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be. I am the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers, by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shalt thou number them. And Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord as he was commanded. 
And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei. And the sons of Kohath by their families, Amram and Izahar, Hebron and Uziel. And the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to the house of their fathers. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites and the family of the Shemites. These are the families of the Gershonites. Those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them were 7,500. The families of the Gershonites shall pitch behind the tabernacle westward, and the chief of the house of the father of the Gershonites shall be Eliasaph the son of Lael. And the charge of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation shall be the tabernacle and the tent, the covering thereof, and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the hangings of the court, and the curtain for the door of the court, which is by the tabernacle, and by the altar round about, and the cords of it for all the service thereof. And of Kohath was the family of the Amramites, and the family of the Izaharites, and the family of the Hebronites, and the family of the Uzielites. These are the families of the Kohathites. In the number of all the males from a month old and upward were 8,600 keeping the charge of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle southward, and the chief of the house of the father of the families of the Kohathites shall be Elizaphan the son of Uziel. And their charge shall be the ark, and the table, and the candlestick, and the altars, and the vessels of the sanctuary wherewith they minister, and the hanging, and all the service thereof. And Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest shall be chief over the chief of the Levites, and have the oversight of them that keep the charge of the sanctuary. Of Merari was the family of the Malites and the family of the Mushites. These are the families of Merari. And those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward were six thousand and two hundred. And the chief of the house of the father of the families of Merari was Zuriel the son of Abihel. These shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle northward. And under the custody and charge of the sons of Merari shall be the boards of the tabernacle and the bars thereof and the pillars thereof and the sockets thereof and all the vessels thereof, and all that serveth thereto, and the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords. But those that encamp before the tabernacle toward the east, even before the tabernacle of the congregation eastward, shall be Moses and Aaron and his sons, keeping the charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children of Israel, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. All that were numbered of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron numbered, at the commandment of the Lord, throughout their families, all the males from a month old and upward, were twenty and two thousand. And the Lord said unto Moses, Number all the firstborn of the males of the children of Israel from a month old and upward, and take the number of their names. And thou shalt take the Levites from me, I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of all the firstlings among the cattle of the children of Israel. And Moses numbered as the Lord commanded him all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and all the firstborn males by the number of names from a month old and upward of those that were numbered of them were twenty and two thousand two hundred and threescore and thirteen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of their cattle, and the Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. And for those that are to be redeemed of the two hundred and threescore and thirteen of the firstborn of the children of Israel, which are more than the Levites, thou shalt even take five shekels apiece by the pole. After the shekel of the sanctuary shalt thou take them. The shekel is twenty geras. 
And thou shalt give the money wherewith the odd number of them is to be redeemed unto Aaron and his sons. And Moses took the redemption money of them that were over and above them that were redeemed by the Levites. Of the firstborn of the children of Israel took he the money, a thousand three hundred and threescore and five shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the money of them that were redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. Our reading in the New Testament for March 4th is Mark 11.27-12.17. through 12.17. And they come again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. Chapter 12 And he began to speak unto them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard, and set a hedge about it, and digged a place for the wine fat, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. And at the season he sent to the husbandmen a servant, that he might receive from the husbandmen of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him, and beat him, and sent him away empty. And again he sent unto them another servant. And at him they cast stones, and wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully handled. And again he sent another, and him they killed and many others, beating some and killing some. Having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. But those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him, and cast him out of the vineyard. What shall therefore the lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandmen, and will give the vineyard unto others. And have ye not read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay hold on him, but feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. And they left him and went their way. And they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him in his words. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master, we know that thou art true, and carest for no man. For thou regardest not the person of men, but teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought it, and he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. And Jesus answering said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Our reading in Psalms from March 4th is Psalm 47, 1-9. To the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah. O clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible, he is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us, and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. 
God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. And our reading in Proverbs from March 4th is Proverbs 10, 24 and 25. The fear of the wicked it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. And that'll get it for March 4th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Since we spent all last week talking about righteousness, I figured how about we spend a week on every other piece of the armor of God, starting with the belt of truth. So this week's prayers are all going to be on Ephesians 6.14, which says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on cultivating a love for truth, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, we lift up all those who have rejected the truth of your word and are chasing false and worldly ways. Lord, we know the desire of the father of lies is to lead us away from the truth of Jesus Christ. Please thwart that plan and use his agenda to turn them from their worldly ways and seek the Lord Jesus. And Father, please work in us a love for the truth. Help us to always gird our loins with truth and reject all thinking that does not hold truth sacred. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't do that, just try not to make it any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all.